electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. A bit want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. No wonder Fed Chief Jay Powell went so hard about inflation on Wednesday. Today, we got still one more smoking hot unemployment number. A true barn burner of hiring. And that's the last thing that the Fed wants to see here. While the market still managed to rally, Dow gaining 402 points, S&P jumping 1.36%, Nasdaq climbing 1.28%. People are kidding themselves if they think <laughs> if they suddenly think a strong labor report is actually good for the stock market. Anyone who paid up for stocks on days like today really has no sense of history. When you bet on a scorching hot economy, you're fighting the Fed. You're not being with, bet with the Fed. But that's a very bad idea. See, the Fed always wins. That's why I want to kick off my game plan for next week with what's in front of us from the Fed first. And what really matters in the absence of specific earnings, because I know that we are on some sort of crazy roller coaster. I want you to know not when to get off. That's not the plan. But when you can expect to be nauseous, when you need the Pepto. People at the office know I love the Pepto. I swig it. Probably not what you should do, but it works. Take Monday. Loretta Mester. Okay, she's right up here. Uh, she's the hawkish president of the Cleveland Fed. She's going to give a lecture, and no doubt she'll take the questions, right? You know, the Q&A. Excuse me, can I ask you something? I expect her to go ballistic and talk about the need to raise rates until the cows come home. And the cows really never come home. Believe me, I know that. I own a bunch of cows. They're so stupid, they don't even know where home is. Don't take offense. I mean, they don't watch the show. Thursday morning, we get the Consumer Price Index. And this is a data point that has been at the fulcrum of nearly every big bad move this year that wasn't directly caused by a Fed big bad meeting. 
We know some commodities have come down in price, but I bet we get still one more red-hot CPI reading, and it'll cause the market to hit another speed bump. You need to be ready for that. Now, get this. Later on Thursday, the Fed think it finally ends when none other than, yes, Loretta Mester gets to talk again. Hey, could you tell me whether things are getting better? Why does this matter? Because if the CPI number's steaming, she's going to one-hour martinize this market all over again. That's a dry cleaner's phrase. I wish we were, I were kidding about this. But I, for one, am completely tired of being obliterated by these left field throws that catch you at home plate. Now, how about individual companies? On Monday, we got this uh, uh, BioNTech. They report, remember, that's part, uh, Pfizer's partner. And the bulls have to hope that the German vaccine maker says the Chinese government has ordered over a billion vaccines to put an end to their lockdowns. That could trump even Mester's ruthless bearishness. And super rich people who come on our show next week, I just want to remind you that you always said that the Fed doesn't have the toughness to fight inflation. Hey, where did you go? Maybe you stopped coming on. I don't hear from you anymore. You can come back. Going back to corporate reality, on Monday we have a really important call when we find out if the consumer is finally starting to trade down when we hear from Treehouse. Now, that's a private label food maker. If business is up for them, that tells you that the consumer is finally feeling the pain. Right now, despite what you hear, and you probably have heard it, and I've checked it and then double-checked it, there hasn't been much trading down at all at the supermarket, which is one reason why the Fed has had to stay so aggressive. If people continue to spend on, uh, you know, really expensive Oreos, the Fed actually gets worried about that stuff. After the close, we get results from Take-Two Interactive. This gaming company has been written off as a COVID play, which, of course, is the kiss of death in this market. I think it's a gross misjustice misjustice, because Take-Two has a whole suite of games that have transcended the couch. I bet they can make a ton of money on both new and old products. Maybe this is the quarter it can finally show that it's not a so-called pandemic play. Again, I think that some companies have been pigeonholed that shouldn't be. Tuesday, we hear from Global Foundries. Okay, now this is really important because this domestic semiconductor manufacturer uh, knows the state of chips that aren't the latest and greatest, the kind that are still in short supply for so many companies, uh, industries like the autos. Global Foundries is not the bottleneck, but it does know where the shortages are. I want to know if they'll get better because right now the economy is going to get ugly. We want to sell those cars before it gets too, too tough on them. Now, after the close, Disney reports. I can't believe how many people have given up on this iconic company that is the best theme park franchise in the world. Somehow it's treated like just another tack media company with expensive programming. Now, I don't know what it'll take to get the stock settled down, but we're ready to buy some more. Now, the Travel Trust has a big position, but we're willing to buy some more down at 90. Why 90? Because I, because I know people hate the stock. Does it deserve to trade down here? No, it deserves got nothing to do with it. But it could easily happen, given the fact that the company is so despised. It's amazing how a fantastic company like Disney can just be given up on. But there's a powerful bear market in media, and Disney's integral to the Grizzlies' appetite. Hey, speaking of kind of somewhat like media, how about AMC? They report. And while the meme stock boosters here have been eviscerated, I don't think they really care about losing money. It's kind of a game. It's like monopoly money. AMC CEO managed to sell a huge amount of non-monopoly money when the stock was much higher. Maybe this will be the quarter that the losing bag holders. Did I say that? I meant to say stockholders. <laughs> Darn it. Maybe they make some money back, although I wouldn't put money on it. Oh, and let me be a, make, a, make a completely gratuitous reference to Bed Bath Beyond. Have no fear. Stocks gratefully do have a level that they stop going down. 
Need I say more? We also hear from Occidental Petroleum, and I'm so cynically positive on the oils that I think they'll report a terrific number, not to mention an even closer embrace with Warren Buffett, because that's what happens every quarter. Oxy trades like water. That's a street term, meaning it's one of those stocks that's furiously bid for and taken up every nanosecond. There are better oils, but only Oxy has the Buffett seal of approval. Wednesday! We get results from the controversial Roblox. There's another one that's in the pandemic doghouse. The online gaming play made a fortune during the uh, lockdown, but never really recovered once the world went back to normal. I think that's unfair to Roblox. But this market's been so brutal that I doubt it'll get much traction, even if it can blow away the numbers. Some groups are just so hated, it just doesn't matter. The skeptics will come out of the woodwork and pull it apart. Just like we saw today with, say, DoorDash, which was up 10 bucks this morning, then proceeded to get pummeled, finishing the day up four, but not before it finished almost unchanged. Wind Resorts reports two. Now, this is very important because this is the Macau casino hostage play. I say that because this hostage is the Chinese irrational COVID policy. I thought the Chinese government might want to be more rational, and that's why we bought wind for the charitable trust. I was wrong. Lately, though, the stock's been creeping up, suggesting that maybe President Xi will change course. We're sticking with it for the trust, in part because the stock's already been de-risked by the, existing, the extended lockdown. Thursday, we have some more companies that came public in the great excess, era of excess. Great era of excess. Just coin that. Uh, that means the last two years. I prefer to view these newly minted stocks as names you can buy if you happen to win, say, the Powerball lottery. And I mean all the companies, not just a few shares. That's how low they've gotten. Companies like Compass, the real estate technology play, Matterport, a three-day technology outfit. The era of excess allowed everyone and anything to come public. So they did. In Toast, yeah, Toast. All right. Uh, This is a point of sale company. Is Toast Toast? As I've said many times. I know that when I own a bar company, after a company, when I would come in, you know, people, company after company would pitch us a new point of sale system. That's what Toast does. Somehow, Toast managed to convince people on Wall Street that they had a high moat to their business. Hey, Toast has a good product, but, but that's all it is. It's a product. And a good product does not necessarily make a good stock, as we have seen time and time again in, yes, the great era of excess. G, great era of excess. You don't use the O. Finally, Friday. Finally, Friday is one of my absolute favorite days of the year, or at least it was for a brief period. Singles Day! Yes, it's a totally made-up shopping holiday for unmarried people, because apparently communism is all turns out to be about conspicuous consumption. Marx, who knew? Groucho? No, not Groucho! We have a whole bunch of these Hallmark home, uh, holidays in our country. Who can blame the Chinese for having a couple of those Hallmark holidays, right? Um, maybe uh, that'll be the day when President Xi starts the vaccination process. Remember, he just approved the good mRNA vaccines on foreigners today. Gotta respect irony. Listen, we're in a wildly emotional moment. That has a lot to do with how individual companies are faring and a lot to do with what Wall Street expects of them. Even more important. Bottom line, until these expectations are wrenched lower, you shouldn't feel safe in anything that you pay up for. Ultimately, you're just going to feel sorry if you don't buy anything on the big sell-offs. When the market finally gets oversold enough, though, that's when you need to pass. And I'll let you know. Sav in Connecticut. Sav. Jim, how are you? Jim, I love Sav, I'm doing great. How about you? Great. I love dividends and I love growth. I need your opinion on Ford. 
I like Ford. Now, I have to understand, Ford is about, we're going into a recession. That's usually not a good time to buy the autos. But Jim Farley uniquely understands that. And I think the dividend is safe. And it can even grow once he's been able to rationalize the process. How about Ron in Wisconsin? Ron. Jim, booyah. Booyah. Hey, uh, wondering if United Airlines is still a buy and what effect uh, is Delta strike might have if they go on strike. Okay, I happen to think that United Airlines is a trade, and I, I, and I, I believe that because travel is so strong. Now, I actually like Airbnb. I've been wrong on that, uh, but I think that over the, the next five-year period, if you ever have that time horizon, that the best travel stock is Airbnb. All right, listen, you shouldn't feel safe in anything right now. When the market finally gets oversold enough, you'll need to pounce, and that's when I'll be ready to help you. We have money tonight. DraftKings, well, I'm going to help you all the time, but you know what I mean. DraftKings collapsed today after earnings. So is there more to the story than Wall Street that could be missing? I'm going to check with the CEO. Then rare earth material company MP Materials soared today after announcing the start of commissioning for its Stage 2 assets. I'm going to get the latest with the company's tech press and explain what Stage 2 is. And the enterprise software stock apocalypse is here. But is it fair to, to a company reporting stronger than expected quarters like Cloudflare? You won't want to miss my take, believe me. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is 
constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we knew the online sports gaming industry had gotten pretty crowded, but we didn't know it had gotten so bad that DraftKings would lose nearly 28% of its value in a single session. The stock trading like a biotech company that failed a, a key clinical trial? No, look, I think DraftKings is one of the best of these outfits. You should do a show with them. But when they reported this morning, even though the headline numbers were better than expected, their monthly unique payers, basically their user count, had a shortfall. Not what you want to see from a company that's been spending like mad to grow its user base. DraftKings told you to expect larger than expected losses for the current quarter and 2023. They continue to spend aggressively. And that's how a stock that was already down nearly 80% from its 2021 highs could drop another 28% today. You know, this does not make sense to me because these guys are the best there is. So I want to figure out what the heck happened here. Is DraftKings a lost cause or is it finally falling to the point where it's just has to be bought. Let's check in with Jason Robbins. He's the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of DraftKings. Better read on the situation. Mr. Robbins, welcome back to Mad Money. Hey, how are you? Good to uh, be speaking with you. Okay, so Jason, you know I'm confused. I, we all know you're the best. I mean, I say that because we are, I'm, I'm in the business. And I look at what's going on. I know that you have to spend to win. Uh, and I wonder whether at a certain point you don't just spend to, uh, let's say, to retain instead of acquire? Or is it still a period where you have to acquire because it's still a land grab? Well, first, thank you for the nice words. I appreciate you saying that about me. Um, You know, we've always been very focused on just return on ad spend. Uh, We look for three-year gross profit paybacks on any new customers we acquire. And we have several new state launches coming up, including, you know, Maryland, uh, Ohio, Massachusetts. We have Puerto Rico as well coming. So lots of new users coming into the market. And, um, you know, I think from the kind of growth on the user side, I do think that, and, um, you know, we're, of course, learning too. And I think we have a pretty complex business. And I think sometimes, you know, we take for granted because we're close to it, the, the level of uh, understanding that, you know, people will have. But, um, you know, the user one is an interesting one. We actually are right in line with where we thought we'd be for user growth. Um, I, I don't think many analysts, I think it's only a handful, actually publish users, um, and we've never guided to it. And one of the reasons we were guided to it is exactly what happened this quarter. We had no MBA this year in Q3. We did last year. So um, if you look at, which we, we tried to do to kind of help explain is we put the September number out there, and the September uh, users number actually was much more in line with the year over year growth that the street was expecting. Right. Um, but, you know, it was really just a sport calendar shift from one year to the other that made the difference on the overall quarter. And that happens in a business that's sports driven. Um, and on the other side of it, it actually made our art up probably a little bit higher because, you know, when you have a lower denominator, the revenue per user is higher. So, you know, perhaps we can do a little bit better job of explaining that. But we were actually very pleased with the user growth. And then as far as spending goes, I mean, you know, we ended up every single quarter this year beating uh, our previous estimates and then raising our fiscal year guidance. So 
Um, you know, we feel like between the over 100 million, closer to 200 million in cost savings in year, we identified along with the really strong revenue performance. We grew over 100% in Q3 year over year. Um, that we've been doing a great job balancing top line growth and also really pushing hard on finding but, but, cost efficiencies. But but just, let me stop there for a second. I mean, you you mentioned that uh, you've you raised fiscal year. In this particular case, you had a huge beat, but you did not raise. And I think a lot of people were concerned that maybe this quarter is going to be weaker. No, we did you would. No, but I'm saying that you know. I mean, you know the way it works. If you raise, if you do a big number like you did this quarter, I expect you to have an even bigger quarter coming this quarter. And I'm not getting that sense. Now, maybe that's wrong. Maybe this quarter's gigantic and I'm misreading. Uh, well, I think what we did is we, we actually, um, you know, said that in Q4 we were going to invest in some new state launches. And right. that reinvestment, I think, is, is probably what's clouding things. If you look at kind of an apples-to-apples apples comparison of where we were when we guided last time, which did not include any new state launch. One of the other things that we did today differently, Jim, is this is the first time we started to include both in our Q4 and in our 2023 guide new states. We'd never done that before. We'd always said this is the existing state guide. If new ones come in, we'll update it. The reason for that is our investors have been asking for it. They say we really want to understand, you know, if you know there's states that are launching, yeah, maybe you don't know the exact date, but you know close enough. We want to understand what you really think the year is going to look like. So we actually did. We put those states, Maryland, Ohio, Massachusetts, into the guide. And I think that clouded things for people a little bit, and they were unable to parse that apart. Um, so, you know, that's just a change from last quarter and every subs, uh, previous quarter, how we guided before. But I, I, I'll just reiterate, if you look at it, we've absorbed all that cost this year. We launched, in addition to those states, Kansas and also Ontario this year. And we started the year guiding to minus $875 million EBITDA. Our latest guide is 790. That's with all of those state launches not factored into the original 875 guide. So not only did we fund all those from the same number, we actually improved by $85 million. Okay, let me we feel you, like what, that's a great year. You know, but what, what is the negative? I mean, you pull back from California. I've been asking in California. There were just uh, every minute there was an ad against you, against gaming. I, I don't yeah. get it. I mean, what's the problem? I mean, it's great revenue for the state. It's fun. I mean, I know that, look, there are addictions to everything, okay? But the fact is, there are a lot of things that are a lot more worse than each government allows. I don't get it. Why, 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 why wouldn't you win in California? Well, the ad spend wasn't based on anything like that. It was entrenched gaming interests. Um, I think you know uh, where the ad spend came from. It was almost uh, around $200 million against us. So that's tough to beat the first time around on the ballot when it's a new issue and people haven't really digested it when you have that amount of negative advertising. I think on a positive note, California would have been a use of cash next year if it launched. So if it ends up being a couple years delayed or anything like that, then actually might be a positive thing given the market environment we're in. But obviously, we're disappointed. It doesn't look like California will pass next week. And hopefully, we'll see it happen in 24. Um, you know, and as far as just overall, I think we're in a crazy market right now. I, I know you uh, certainly have been feeling that more than yes, anybody because you, you do this for a living and you get it. And, um, you know, uh, as they say, in the short term, the market's a popularity contest. It's a voting machine. In the long term, it's a weighing machine. I tell my team every day, that, you know, down the road, we will be valued on a multiple of EBITDA, and all that matters is maximizing that number. And as long as we do that, then we're going to have the highest valued company we can have. And so Total that's agreement. what we're focused on. And, Total agreement. That, and that is yeah, what's going to happen. In an environment happen. like this, 
Yeah, but, exactly. And so we got to execute on that. We have to prove it. We haven't proven it yet. I think we've hopefully shown that we can both grow revenue and substantially cut costs this year. We did that. Um, but we still are a young public company. We've been around, you know, two and a half years and we have a lot to prove. And I think in this environment, you know, where it's risk off, people are saying, I'm going to I'm going to believe it when I see it. So, yes, that's we have exactly, to use that as a rallying cry that, and challenge our team to go but, get it done. But that's exactly what's happened. I'm glad you understand it. Uh, for exactly what it is right now. Jason Robbins, CEO of DraftKings, thank you so much for coming on Money. Thanks for having me. Okay, we'll be back in a Coming up, we must be living in a material world. MP Materials just reported earnings. And Kramer's on the job. Next. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. We saw so many high-flying stocks collapse in the wake of disappointing numbers, but those high-profile blow-ups mass some happier stories. Take MP Materials, the rare earth minerals producer that came public via a SPAC merger two years ago. This is one of the few SPAC plays you know I've been willing to get behind because it's a real business with real earnings and real scarcity value. I look at they're a U.S. producer in an industry that's mostly hostage to China. Sure enough, when MP Materials reported last night, they shot the lights out, just like they've done every single quarter since they came public. Even better, we got some very encouraging updates on refining and magnet production. Don't worry, we'll get into this if you don't understand that. And uh, in response, the stock correctly jumped 9%. So let's take a closer look with James Latinsky. He's the co-founder, chairman, CEO of MP Materials. Learn more about the quarter and where his company's headed. Mr. Latinsky, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here in person. I'm so glad to Finally. see you. Yeah. And you know what? You've got something really to celebrate here that America should celebrate. It's not just the good numbers, but you have a I, I, it's, it's too prosaic to call it stage two. What you're doing is you're making our country's rare earth minerals less hostage to someone who actually may at any, any given moment cut us off. So tell us about it. Sure, Jim. Well, we are building an American magnetics champion. So magnetics are important for electric vehicles, wind turbines, drones, robots, all the motion technologies of the future. Um, We can have the rare earth materials, but the challenge is we still have to get the magnets from China because north of 90% of that production is in China. So we're doing the whole thing. We're bringing the entire supply chain home. Now, uh, by doing that, you are doing a tremendous work with, with Mary Barra, with General Motors. Now, she just texted me. She said, I asked her how it's going. She said, very good. We're working well with them. So tell me about that relationship. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an incredible relationship. I'll let, I'll, I'll let her speak for it uh, because I, I, I so well, maybe we can read the text out loud. But, uh, <laughs> I just but, did. Yeah. Why not? I like what you're doing. Yeah, and I like people who yeah. are getting us so we're less hostage. Everyone knows that's how I feel. You're, yeah. you're looking at the person who, who wanted this. And as I told you early on, please, please make yeah. us independent. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and GM is a forward thinker in that way. They were willing to invest in this supply chain. We, you know, a multi-billion dollar supply chain gym will not move overnight. Right. This is going to take years. It's a lot of hard work. We've done this. We're doing this in three parts, right? The, the first part is getting a concentrate business. We're now doing that. That's right. we're generating an enormous amount of free cash flow. Uh, and then the, the other two pieces of that are the refining, which we announced we're beginning commissioning of the refining, which was a huge milestone right. for all of us in America. And then the third is, is the magnetics facility, where we can actually take the materials and turn them into magnets so we can supply GM and all the other great companies in the world to do what they do. And just so people know, before this, you had, you had the best mine. It was just the company before you didn't get there or the finish line. But you did have to, had to ship them to China, which China, to some way, has its way of dealing with you. But it would be great not to be hostage. Well, well, our view of it is we just need insurance in the supply chain. We don't need to have 100% market share, but we need to have an American magnetics champion. There are too many use cases. It's too important of a downstream industry that we at least need to have one company that can compete. And you're right. Five years ago when we took this over, it was, you know, this was a a distressed turnaround and startup at the same time. The prior owners and, and all the owners before that basically couldn't really get this uh, to the state. We now have the, the highest rare earth production that we've ever had in the history of the United States of America. We're operating really well. And in fact, Jim, we're the lowest cost producer in the world of the rare earth concentrate that we make. So we're not, we're not just doing this and generating cash flow. We're, we're really competitive out there. At the same time, our country is in the Inflation Reduction Act. We saw two provisions, 45X uh, and 48C. And th- those sound uh, obviously... Uh, abstruse, but they do have things in there for you. Yes. And what will they mean for your company? Yeah. So, so 45X is a, is a tax credit for uh, the operating expenses of critical materials, and that's in perpetuity. So our operations at Mountain Pass will benefit from that, and that is a, a, a great thing for us and for, for all the people um, at the company. There's also 48C, which, will go, which is an investment tax credit uh, for it, it, the advanced supply chain, and so we believe will be uh, putting in for that as well. They're, they're still finalizing the rules around that, but that is a 30% investment tax credit for the investments that we make in that supply chain. And, and of course, we expect to grow substantially from here. So we'll be making a lot of those investments. So we expect to benefit from that too. It's really important for people to know when I, when I first met you and first learned about you, I said that maybe they're just despoiling the earth. You actually spent a fortune to be sure that wasn't the case. And I think you should tell people who might say, you know what, another miner, I don't want it. They, they, they'd probably put arsenic in the water. They destroyed <laughs> the ground system. And tell them Thank you. I'm really glad you mentioned that because that is core to the company. It's very important to us. We, we operate in the state of California, Jim, so you can imagine how stringent the requirements are to be a, a, a miner and refiner in the state of California. Uh, and we, we actually wear that as, with a, you know, a badge of pride, so to speak. Uh, and, and when we mine, we, we, 95% of the water we utilize is, is reclaimed. And when, whatever we take out of the ground, we essentially return back to the ground, but for the rare earths taken out of it. So uh, it's, it's, uh, a really, it's a really special operation, and it required a lot of capital, and, and we've, we've been making it. the investment. Um, other auto companies have told me they wish they were in on this deal. Will they be able to, or is it this exclusive to Mary Barr and GM? Well, here's what I would say. It's, it's not an exclusive deal. We're, we are maniacally focused right now on doing an incredible job for GM. That is our, our primary focus, but it's not an exclusive deal. And so I think you would expect that we want to grow this business to be enormous over time. We, we're going to be a magnetics champion, Jim. And so it won't just be you know, other potential OEMs. It'll also be other verticals, wind turbines, drones, robots, et cetera, uh, national security items. So we expect to build this magnetics champion and 
uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do, but, but we're going to have a lot of customers. And people need to know I was skeptical. I pushed back many times. And every time I did, James Latinsky, founder, chairman, and CEO of MP Materials, delivered. Thank you so much for coming on Mail. Thank Life. you so much, Jim. Good hey, to money be here. Right coming up, earnings are in for this cloud player. Stick with the stock or send up a flare. Mad Money will be right back. Welcome to the enterprise software apocalypse. It's a year of steadily working their way lower. These fast-growing cloud software plays are seeing some hideous earnings uh, in, induced declines. It looks like total capitulation to me. Today alone, Twilio and Atlassian both plunged more than 20% of some truly ugly guidance. But even the companies that report really good numbers are seeing their stocks get hit hard. Look at Cloudflare, the content delivery network with a cybersecurity kicker. Last night, these guys reported a better-than-expected quarter on nearly every key metric. And they even raised their full-year forecast. Yet Cloudflare stock plummeted 18%, to the point where it's now down almost 82% from its highs a year ago. Nobody cares that the numbers look strong, because anything that looks remotely similar to this thing is getting crushed. I think Cloudflare's got a good business that should do just fine once the smoke clears, but it's tough to call the stock cheaper. It sells at 14 times forward sales. And if you want to bet on it in this environment, you need to be prepared for, what can I say, the possibility of more pain. So let's take a closer look with Matthew Prince, the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Cloudflare, to find out more about the quarter and the state of the industry. Mr. Prince, welcome back to Mad Money. Jim, thanks for having me on. Matthew, I have to admit I was surprised. A, you, a billion dollar run rate is almost, uh, is in rarefied territory. $5 billion uh, targets. Most people can't make them, and me feel that uh, I have conviction. And yet the market doesn't care. Can we just ignore the market, keep our heads down, and do the job? You know, I, I think that that's exactly what we're doing at Cloudflare. Um, you know, the old Benjamin Graham quote is that in the short term, the market is a voting machine. In the long term, it's a weighing machine. And we're building a company that we intend to be weighed. We have an incredible opportunity ahead of us and are servicing amazing customers like L'Oreal, NCR, IBM, Garmin. These aren't companies that are going away, and they depend on Cloudflare's network to make sure they're fast, reliable, and secure every single day. Is there any company really of any significance that is saying it's time to cut back on cybersecurity because things have gotten tough out there? No. In a word. Just no. Okay. Uh, when we start hearing things that... Uh, such and such a contract was going to be, you know, some that we thought that maybe things would come in at a different level of beat of expectations. This time, beating expectations only by 1.3 percent. I'm actually reading research by the lowest level of beating since the company came public. Is that how what do we do about the people who are in your stock who really think that what matters is what percentage you beat an estimate by? You know, I think that what we've done in the now three years since we've been public is really dial in our business and understand that we can deliver on what we promise. And that's why, as we realized that the economy was getting tougher, we've buckled down and, and made sure that we could show positive EPS and a positive operating margin. It's why we're committed to being free cash flow positive in the second half of this year. And it's why I feel confident that when we said in our earnings call last night that we were going to get to $5 billion of revenue in five years, that we have the business to do that. And so the fact that beats get smaller, I think, is actually an indication that we're getting better at dialing into exactly what our business is going to be as we go forward. All right. Now, when I read through the quarter, which again was excellent, I want to make that point. 
There were others that did miss. This was an excellent quarter. I found myself thinking, okay, maybe Matthew will come on and say, you know what? I have to do a pivot. I have to just say right right now, I can have a profit and I must show that profit uh, because I think that investors now are saying, unless I have a CEO at the helm who wants to do that, I've got to go elsewhere. What do we tell those people? Just go elsewhere? No. Well, first of all, I mean, we did show uh, a profit on an operating margin uh, and bait whatever anyone's expectations were on our EPS guidance. And we've committed to being free cash flow positive for the second half of the year. This is a business that can throw off a ton of cash. And we are optimizing it over the next period of time to make sure that we can deliver that. And that's what we're really looking for is how do we make sure that we can continue to generate cash to be in control of our destiny. And that in combination with the more than billion dollars that are on our balance sheet gives us a really incredible position to not only continue to invest in our business, but really take share in the difficult economic times that we're in the middle of. So just so people at home don't think I have lack in rigor, uh, I'm reading from last night's call. We are confident we can deliver meaningful operating margins over time, but continue to plan to hold them near break even as long as we're able to deliver exceptional revenue growth. To me, what that says is, look, we're not going for profit. We're going for revenue growth. That's all I'm asking for, because I was going for revenue growth. I pushed for your stock because I like revenue growth. And suddenly I feel like I am out of step with the rest of Wall Street. Yeah, I think cash is the thing that that no one can dispute. And we are optimizing absolutely for free cash flow. And so, again, we've shown that we have the levers to be able to deliver operating margins as well. But as long as we're delivering significant cash, I think that's the thing that when we talk to investors, they're looking for and they're really optimizing for. And Cloudflare is a business that can generate significant cash over time while still growing, you know, well north of the rule of 40. See, I have felt exactly. I have felt that what should matter uh, call me really old-fashioned, was KillNet. That if you wanted to avoid uh, a, a terrible cybersecurity problem, maybe you go with Cloudflare because they spotted KillNet. And that is no longer what people talk about. But isn't that what your business is? You know, fundamentally, every single day we're getting calls from customers who are under attack around, around the world. And we're making sure that they stay available, stay online. And the cybersecurity threats have never been higher all around the world. And I am particularly cognizant of that right now, where next week we have an election in the United States. And so we're focused not so much on what the stock price is doing on a day to day basis, but making sure that all of the election officials in the more than 31 states that rely on us all around the world or all around the country are able to conduct a free and secure and reliable election on Tuesday. And that's what our team is showing up for. And we're confident that if we do that for the U.S. government, if we do that for all these great companies that are customers, 32 percent of the Fortune 500, 18 of the 20 largest companies in the world are all using Cloudflare to make sure that they're secure. That's what delivers a real business and is going to get, get us on that path and continue to propel us to $5 billion and beyond. Uh, and that's why I have tremendous conviction that that's exactly what you're going to do. And if people take more than a three to six month horizon, they will find out that Cloudflare is one of those companies that they should have bought right now. And that's Matthew Prince, co-founder and CEO of Cloudflare. Matthew, it's great to have you on Man Money. Thanks, Dan. We'll be right back. Coming up, Kramer wants to hear from you. Your calls on the thunderous lightning round. Next. Play the sound. 
And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Day? Time the light round. Because we're going to start with Jeffrey in Florida. Jeffrey. A big double part of booyah. Second time, long time. Second time, long time. Love that. What's up? Hey, I've been toying with the idea of Hasbro for a while. What are your general thoughts? All right. I actually like Patel more than Hasbro, but I actually don't even like the toy companies right now because right now they seem to be on certain ground. I look at my Ollie's flyer. I get, I'm a member of Ollie's Army, and all the toy companies are in there right and dumping the stuff in the channel. So let's wait for now. I want to go to Mimi in Virginia. Mimi. Hi, Jim. Mimi, I what's up? <laughs> I see your team won last night. I'm calling from the commander country, but we won't talk about that. Well, I'm we putting together a bit for the commanders. I got about $5. What's going on? <laughs> I want to know about Kano Health. Is it going up, down, left, or you right? Know, I think the stock has been destroyed when, they, when the buyers walked away, but I have to believe that other buyers lurking. So I'm going to tell you, I think it's a buy. How about Michael in Virginia? Michael. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Michael. Uh, the stock I'm calling about reported earnings yesterday. So 13% on the news, so I added a, started a small position. Uh, I love this sector, the pet care sector. I'm calling them out as a wedding ticker VPS. I was surprised this late interview with Christian Peck and Sarah Eisen. I felt that Kirsten acquitted herself well, and Zoetis was probably oversold. So I agree with your thinking. I need to go to Joe in New York. Joe. Hey, Booyah, Jim. This is Joe booyah, from New Joe. York. How you doing, my okay. pal? I'm doing Good well. How about you, partner? Yeah. You know how bad this year has been? This year has been so bad that Santa Claus is going to bring the kids coal for Christmas. That's why I like BTU, Peabody Santa Energy. Santa can't afford that what coal. It's going up too much. Let's do a safer way. I think BTU is right for speculation. I have to think that Norfolk Southern is the right for actual investment. And that's how I'd play it. I need to go to Mike in Pennsylvania. Mike, my bike. Yeah, Jim, thank you for taking my call. You are. Uh, in, tw- in 2020, Pfizer spun off their Upjohn, and Upjohn uh, merged with Mylon, F- Mylon F- uh, NV, and it, right. it's called now Viatris. And it's VTRS. Yeah, put that one in. Uh, don't put that one on your mattress. I have to tell you, I don't like those guys. Uh, I do think that J&J is going to spin off its consumer product company, and that's going to be very, very good. So why not let's just step up in quality and go with the J and the J. Let's go to Ben in Florida. Ben. Hey, truly awesome to the front fair stock. Hey, quickly, ben. are you still high on FTIK Starbucks? And if you have time, is LNC a buy opportunity or a turn and run? Uh, I'm, I'm high on Starbucks. I didn't hear that. Did I say Starbucks? I think that that's an excellent stock down here. I'm very high on it. And I think... Oh, Starbolt? No, I never like Starbolt carriers. I don't get any of those, those stocks. Are, those stocks just, they sink or swim. I mean, good for them. But, you know, no, I don't like that. I like Starbucks, okay? I need to go to Aaron in Ohio. Aaron. Jim, thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller, and it's an honor to speak to you from the Buckeye State, oh, sir. thank you. Thank you. I am looking thank you. Ohio State's I good appreciate today. it. What? Doing I'm good. looking for your What's take up? on IAC. Interactive Corporation. Right, Barry Diller is a terrific man, and that stock is so down that I have to tell you, I think that, do I know it's losing money? But do I know uh, that that stock has to bounce back? Yes. Do I know from what level? No. But I think you're okay. I'm not done. Let's go to Tyler. Oh, I'm a Tyler. I was with Tyler the other day on the, on the 2 o'clock. You know, man? Right, let's go to Tyler hey, in California. Big, Tyler. Big Booyah from California. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing fine. How are you? 
Uh, we are doing great. So uh, I got shares in 2020 around 362. It's actually I'm referring some friends. And a few weeks later, reported good quarter quarter three earnings, and within a month it was 850. Quarter four brought it up to 12. Last year we topped out at 33.12, and since then I've been getting more shares on dips. And now we're back to $30 and reported good earnings again a few days ago. I'd like to know, does MRO, Marathon Oil, have potential? Marathon's good. Marathon's good. Uh, others I like more. Uh, you should join the investment club. I think the ones that I own are indeed superior to Marathon, but uh, Marathon's a good company. How about we go to Roy in New York? Roy. Hey, what's up? It's Roy from the Bronx. Booyah. Booyah, Roy. What's happening? Hey, Jim. Uh, I have a question about the Nike stock. I... Yeah, Nike's interesting because I think it reflects almost no upside from China other than we got today, China reopening plus five, and a lot of downside. I don't think buying, buying Nike here is that bad. I don't like to buy anything up five is the problem. That's not what I like to do. And that, ladies and gentlemen, of Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up. No matter which end of the bar your favorite stock sits at, it seems China is still the straw that stirs the drink. Kramer explains next. Why did so many stocks rally like crazy today? It's all because the People's Republic of China might finally adopt the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. That's why. And that would safely allow them to open their economy. Right now, vast swaths of China kept being closed for business because of these endless lockdowns, even though we've got these incredible vaccines. Today, President Xi met with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and agreed to let foreigners in China use the BioNTech vaccine. Now, this is the first mRNA vaccine for COVID that the Chinese government has got behind in any capacity which is unfortunate because the mRNA vaccines are really the only ones that work. The rest of them work like about 43% of the time. Maybe this is the first step in a process to introduce them to giving Xi a chance to save face. And then he can walk back the hapless zero COVID policy and get his people back to work, which we all want. In response, all sorts of American companies with big Chinese business saw their stocks take off. Uh-oh, there's just one problem. Our government is in an economic war with China. So you have to wonder where the Communist Party starts drawing the line about which American companies are allowed to do business over there if we start making it tough for them here. Now, look, under the Trump administration, we slapped tariffs on China, yeah, for furniture, things like that, uh, to get them to change their extremely unfair trade practices. Didn't work at all. While Trump was very hawkish on China, the trade war was still about trade, not national security. Different animal. A lot of people thought Biden would go easier on China, but in reality, he's taking an even tougher, harder line than Trump. As Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo explained to us last night on Mad Money, our government's trying to starve China of the equipment it needs to make semiconductors that could be used for artificial intelligence or high-tech military applications. Look, the goal is to prevent them from becoming a great superpower that trumps us. Uh, verb there, uh, nothing meant. You can see what's going to happen with this CHIPS Act that Raimondo helped push through Congress. Our government's heavily subsidizing U.S. semiconductor manufacturers, but in exchange, they can't sell anything to China that might provide much assistance to their military. In fact, U.S. citizens are now being banned. That's right, barred from working at a host of tech companies in China to the point where they have to choose between their jobs and their citizenship. 
These policies have hurt a bunch of semiconductor stocks, including NVIDIA, my fave. But you can see the core bargain. If chipmakers make stuff here, the government will shower them with money, while at the same time, they're going to separate themselves from China. And it wouldn't hurt if they move some business away from Taiwan Semiconductor. Taiwan is our ally, and they're the world's number one chip manufacturer. But that's how we got this real geopolitical risk, because the Chinese government won't shut up about how they want to take over Taiwan, which includes, of course, Taiwan Semiconductor. Of course, there's irony here is that there's a whole other group of stocks that are roaring today because of China's initial embrace of this BioNTech vaccine. For instance, we had gigantic moves in Starbucks, which had a good quarter last night. Nike, Estee Lauder, which people didn't like because it didn't have as much China business. Uh, and, and same with well, Wynn Resorts, they report next week. ton of exposure to Macau, Chinese gambling haven. These guys all do a ton of business over there, and there's no national security angle. Now, Apple stock was still down slightly today, even as it's a huge employer in China with a lot of sales there. I wonder if Apple might end up in the crosshairs of the hardliners who are looking for sanctions targets if the U.S. government keeps playing tech hardball. If that's the case, it could be a problem for my charitable trust. Because our attitude is you own Apple, don't trade it. I think they're too big to be targeted by the Chinese government. They'd be cutting off their nose to spite their face. China's economy is not strong enough to handle that level of job destruction. But it's still worth something. Well, let's just say let's monitor it. I fear that, like Germany has become hostage to Russia from natural gas, we don't want our companies to be hostage to Chinese sales anymore. Consider it maybe, I don't know, the ghost of Christmas future versus the ghost of Christmas past. In the end, I don't know if our government's current China policy can stand. Can we really deny them our best semiconductors while expecting them to let us sell goods there? Sooner or later, I think they'll retaliate. Something has to give. I hope I'm wrong. But given how the Chinese communist plays, they like to play hardball. It's hard to believe our consumer product companies won't ultimately get caught in the crossfire. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Man Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.